Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Tune the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been here. This is Black Country Blokes, Tuna Fat, with me, Kev Dillon, Craig Pinches, Lee Cadman, and today we're joined by one of my very best friends in the world, Pete Griffiths. Now, today's episode is going to be about education and sometimes negative stereotypes. The reason why I say this, like education, how many of us have been to school and they go, at 15, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And you go, I don't know. And they go, well, you've got to make your choice now. You've got to go to your A-levels and you've got to go to university. And Pete, um, has done, well, he's done more courses than I've had Sunday dinners. So tell us about some of them, Pete. Tell us where you started. Because like, at school, you weren't exactly an A-star pupil, was you? No, no. Um, well, to start off with, I did really bad at school. <laughs> like, well, I say really bad. Um, I only got, um, I think I got three GCSEs. Yeah. So um, I had religious education, which is pretty much worth nothing. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah I, I wasn't really all that interested in a lot of the subjects that were, they were teaching. So it wasn't till really college. Well, I say that actually. Um, in year ten at um, at secondary school, I was lucky enough that I had a um, a more work experience. I went to do I went in with a photographer, and it's for the Birmingham Mail. And I was lucky because he was it gave, it gave me an insight into how photographers work, the things that they that, that they're covering. And I remember it being really fast-paced and exciting. And obviously, this was back in the days where photojournalism was like, you know, people taking pictures for newspapers was like a massive thing. Mm. Rather than nowadays, everyone's got a phone. You, yeah. Yeah. You, 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 everyone's a photographer. Yeah. Everyone's, yeah. A, photographer. everyone's a paparazzi. Exactly. <laughs> so they would actually send these photographers out on jobs where I, w- I got to take photos. Well, got to um, shadow him taking photos of um, Ed Baston tennis. And it was like Anna Kovic and Martina Hignes, who were like big tennis players back then. And then I really remember there was um, a guy coming out of a court, and he um, and he had been oh, he had been convicted for um, kiddie fiddling yeah. and touching up kids in the back of um, a cinema or something like that. It was horrendous. But he came out of the court with um, his jacket over his head. And it was like something out of a movie. All his family were pushing people away. The photographer was getting in between, and he was taking photos. And I thought, oh, this is really exciting. Yeah. So you know, I could do I could do this for life. I would actually be interested in this. So yeah, I mean, that kind of made me want to be a photographer, and you know, wanted to pursue that sort of route. So even though I wasn't that interested in school, I knew that there was going to be like different avenues and different things that I could go down in order for me to be able to you know one express myself creatively, and two do something that I actually half enjoyed. So then when I left um, school, I, I went into, stupidly, I went and did IT at Howe in College, which I hated, I only completed a year of a GMPQ, and I was like, no. no I, only, I could only get onto an intermediate GMPQ, so I did that, and it didn't really lead me into anywhere. So then I dropped out of that, thought I'd pursue the photography route, that's when I went to Stabbage College, and met with you again. Um, and did yeah, media studies because I figured it would be a better way to get into um, photography and I also did an NCFE in music technology 
and that's, that's another one of your great passions isn't it music we'll yeah. go into that in a bit yeah so yeah I mean so that gave me again like insight into like the sort of things that I could do with life and I guess these were the sort of things I didn't realise at school that I could do mm. I just thought oh this is a hobby you know it's a music sort of thing that people do just for fun uh, photography is great but like could I actually make money off it and could mm. I and yeah I guess I guess it was at the point of where I was just still having fun. I was still young. I didn't really have many responsibilities. I've got a very good family, so you know I didn't really have to worry about where I was going to get kicked out of the house and stuff like that. If I didn't have, a, you know, I always had a job, always had a job, always earned myself money. But yeah, I just I was kind of just going day to day. Carefree days. Yeah, <laughs> I don't exactly. remember them. Yeah, and don't don't think yeah, I didn't think about oh you know this is going to be what what am I going to do for life? What am I going to think of when I'm thirty? When am I going to get married? I was just living solely in the moment mm. and you know I, uh, I've based most of my life on that really it's just chasing enjoyment mm. sort of thing so I guess that's why I got into photography as well because I wanted to do, do something that I, I really enjoyed mm. but then I did, I did media studies um, then I did an access to uh, media as well so that I could build up a portfolio and then go to university I went to university um, did a three-year degree in uh, photojournalism, which completely changed my outlook on like life in general, because I went in there wanting to be a sports photographer, nothing but a sports photographer, <laughs> and then I came out wanting to be a documentary photographer and take pictures of people and get to really know, like you know, no. the the people around me and you know ways that I could think, and like you know, take pictures of them and people would be interested in it. And whilst at uni, I really realised that like you can take photos of anything and make it interesting like the things in my life will be interesting to someone in Norway or um, Pakistan or something like that that they've never seen a, a, mm. a local boxing gym yeah I mean to me this is you know it's just home like pretty much I know it like life but yeah no one you know people hadn't seen that sort of thing and they will have interest in it so I was like why don't I go down that route which then led me when I left I wanted to do a master's I wanted more experience or more time doing just photography so I did a master's and then eventually I ended up doing um, a PGCE in teaching so um, so I did an art train teacher training course which could lead me into photography and that's where I'm at now so like a brilliant phenomenal like this this kid who leaves with two, GC, two GCSEs and at that time we've got the qualifications getting to university so you had to like because you just said you didn't pass your maths English IT so then you had to, while you're doing these courses, you had to go and bite the bullet yeah. and thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, I, I, I can't do this. But you had to bite the bullet and fail, pass, fail, fail, pass. Were you stuck with it? Well, that's it. I think, I think that's one of the things that I, I noticed working in a school that you say to a lot of kids, you say, oh, you know, what do you want to be? And they, they don't know. They haven't had ex experience of, like, you know. <laughs> they know what their dad wants them to do. No, they should do yeah what's creditable to do that's preconditioning eh? and 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 we've all been subject to it i mean my dad always wanted me to to go and learn a trade me and my brothers and it's the one thing we never did i wanted a job and i wanted to get my car and i did all that you know when i was before i turned 18 so i achieved my goals <laughs> i achieved my goals <laughs> only like looking back now being 31 i think i should have probably had a few more wider goals but you know, I achieved them, and like you say, you're told that you need to do this, you need to learn a trade, you need to do that. You need... It depends on, on how you feel yourself. I mean, 
You're never gonna, never ever listen to your parents. But I never did. But the thing is, advice is great when it's positive. Yeah. I'm going to warn you about what can go wrong. I'm warning you, but I'm not going to put you off your dream because you might fail. Yeah. Failure's all right. And you know, and also, an opinion's like an arsehole, we've all got one. Yeah. And what he's saying is, you know, oh, what I think, what I think, and you go, yeah, Dad, I trust you, because I love you, and I know you're after me. And he's thinking, that was your life. Yeah. If I want to go, and be a window cleaner. If I want to go and be the next big music producer, let me have a go at it. I mean, it's been done, so if they say it can't be done, it's been done. Yeah, and yeah. it's repeatedly being done like, daily. I think, I think that's one of the things I, I noticed like growing older as well. Like You notice that people that are successful, they're not, they don't make excuses. No. And, you know, I, I remember reading the thing about Cristiano Ronaldo, and, you know, I know, we were more, more into boxing, but like we all know Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, even I know him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing footballer, amazing. But when he was at Man United, when he was a young lad, he used to stay two hours after training, after everyone else, and just take pot shots at a goal, go and fetch all his own balls and everything. So he'd be there taking free mm. kicks at the thing, working harder than anyone else. Mm. Now we all see this, the finished product of this. Yeah. And you know, the guy that's, you know, he's releasing his diets and everything like that. People want to know how he stayed on top for so long. But I guarantee Cristiano Ronaldo never thought, oh, I can't be a, a decent footballer. Well, he mm. probably did. But, uh, but I could never remember that, that name of that golfer. And I say, you're really lucky. He goes, what do you know? I'll do our practice. Lucky or I'll become. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how true is it? You know, I mean, the reason why I am where I am is because I've worked harder. Yes, God's made me that little bit, I've got that bit of talent, but I've, hopefully I've seen some of the most talented human beings on God's green earth, but I can't be asked. Like you say, it's it's those that those that come, you know, in the time frame of the training session and give it the raw, and then there's those that give it the raw and then and then some. Yeah. And like you say, he did that, and a, a lot. Beck did David Beckham used to that. I mean, I'm not into football, but did David Beckham used to that also? I think most people at the top level have probably gone on yeah. and done yeah. something similar. And, and well, you're having a Chinese, is that for a run? They're not, they're not, not blessed to the point of like they've had it handed to them. They're blessed to the point where they've got that inside them, that hunger inside them to to want more, so they give more. And sometimes that is the talent, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. To to be able to do that. I think um, different, you know, different people have different drives, don't they? And it's different things that motivate them. I mean, we can always say, oh, you know, it's easy for that person. You can always look at, like, you know, the, the brilliance of people and be like, well, if I had that natural ability, then yeah. I would be there. But do you have that mindset? Do you yeah. have that, like, you know, that, um, that, that drive? Yeah, that drive just to be yeah. successful and just to be... Like, you see a lot of them, like... I, the, the really interesting thing about Tyson Fury recently, and when he was saying about after beating Klitschko, he was just like, well, I've done it. Yeah, yeah that's why he dropped that. off. He dropped yeah. off because the fact that he was like, what else is there? But there's an interesting thing you saying about that. Tyson Fury, because Klitschko used to phone up people uh, who we thought one day he'd fight, and he used to break them in, in the gym. Because mm. he'd, he'd, um, he'd be doing something, he'd stare you out, and they all went to this sauna. And uh, the bloke said to Fury, he went, watch it, Klitschko has to be the last one out of the sauna. He has to stay there till everyone's left. And Fury went, no, we ain't today. <laughs> and he sat there, and he said, we were in there for half an hour, and somewhere. An hour, so we're not, and it was just me and Klitschko, and I was looking and thinking, you ain't beating me today. And Klitschko went up in the, stro uh, in the shop, and Fury went, I oh, know I've meant to beat him. Yeah. And, yeah. And that, but what determination as a boxer, as a, a mm -hmm. DJ, you know, that DJ keeps going up, going, I have my record, it's brilliant. KRS1, 
uh, used to do it, he'd go, have my record, and go, you shit. He goes, no, I am the greatest of all time. And I go, you shit. But that was his inspiration yeah. that, that there's two people, those who run away from pain and those who's driven, yeah. he drives. So, and though, I think some of the greatest champions are those ones saying, you ain't going to beat me. Yeah. Who was it that said that um, they look him in the eyes and then if they look down? George Foreman. Yeah, that was it. then I know I've got him. Tyson said something similar. Yeah, yeah. I think I, 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 yeah, it was on the I see in your head that there's yeah, a chink in your armour. Yeah. You know, he said the exact same thing. look you in the eye, Foreman once. But Foreman used to look at them, and if the head had dropped, he said, I oh, know I beat them. And people couldn't look at him until Ali and Ali just looked through his soul. Yeah. Hmm. And, and that's it. And it's like a lot of the time, if you. I think not only is it like demoralising for the person that's looking down. Mm. But to Foreman, I think that gives him that extra incentive. He's like, right, I'll go in. Yeah. I can go in there. I can do this. So yeah. he's like kind of convincing himself. He's just looking for that little one bit that he can take from that and be like, right, I can smash this guy. Yeah. So there's like, there's like two, two different levels of uh, mental manipulation there. Obviously, he's manipulated them into fear. But he's also manipulating his own mind into success, I suppose. Yeah. In, in, yeah. Like you say, he's still, it's no good him saying that, oh, he's looking down, or it's going to be easy. He's still got to tell himself, yeah. look, you've, mm. you've got to go and get this. It's, it's probably in that psyche, he's just waiting for it, and he's like, right, if you look down, then I have got this in the bag. Like, yeah. And it's like, so having that sort of, well, it's, it's half of sports, isn't it? That sort of conditioning and, you know, making sure that your mind is in a good place mm. like, so that you can perform. Yeah. And, I mean, it's important to like to, to note as well that it's okay to not have that drive, because I so I have this with my partner. I'll go on, I'll go on proper mad ones. I'm driven day in day out. I exhaust myself. We've mentioned it numerous times, and and I'll go. Oh, you need to do this. And I said, great. I'm content. Mm. I said, yeah, but you need to want more out of life. You you, you need to want. I said, great. I'm not like you. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't got that well, drive. That sometimes that drives me mad as well. Watching her being content, you <laughs> well, know what I mean? Like <laughs> my mom's exactly like that. She's content. Her boys are okay. Her husband. But I tell you something. They must sleep so much better than me. <laughs> yeah. Because somebody just goes. Yeah. You know what? I've got everything. Obviously, I've got enough money to live. Yeah. I've got enough money to go on holiday. My children, my loved ones, everyone's all right. Me, I'm thinking. If that bastard says this. <laughs> and, and, well, first thing, I'm going to get there, I've got to get Osama running, I've got to get, and my mind is a million miles an hour, to just be able to sit there and go, right then, bab, good sleep. <laughs> I would pay a million and pounds. Would, I mean, I would always say, I'm, I'm exactly the same as you, my mind goes like a million miles, I always feel like I have to do things. And, and <laughs> But, at the end of the day, would I ever say that um, I would like to be more like that other person, chilled, and then just content? Yes. Would they say that no. would like to be more of a stress head? Yeah, <laughs> and worry yeah. about everything. They go, and that's the thing. Know. You've you've got to read. We must enjoy. We suck us for pain. We must enjoy it because I mean, we said someone like, we were talking to someone last night as a world champion powerlifter. Um, Pat Reeves, her name is a dietitian, and we speak to her, and and she was on about you're not a machine. You need to rest. Mm. You know, but we must just enjoy the pain. Well, Nick Davis didn't he say that? Because when you you know when you're going 100 miles an hour. Are you being busy yeah. or are you being productive? There's a and difference. A, and a lot of the time, we're, we're going busy, busy. Yeah. So, as, as he said, read the piece of paper. If it's not going in, put it down. Yeah. Because then I'm just being busy. I'm not being productive. Nothing's going in. There's only so many press-ups I can do. But if my muscles aren't relaxing and I'm not putting the right food in, all I'm doing is damaging the muscle. Well, well, what drives you? Is it the fact people said you couldn't or is it the fact you said you could or is it just you want to do what you want to do? Um, 
I, I, go back to it, just enjoyment, really. I am. I. I don't like. I don't get satisfaction from other people saying that I've done well. Okay. And I know that's like, uh, like you know, it's what most people want. Mm-hmm. They want accomplishments. They want to hold it up and be like, oh, look at what I've done. Yeah. I'm not not slagging that up in any way. That some people, have, I guess, have been very successful doing that. But I've never wanted that. I never like, like, celebrate my accomplishments either. I'll tell you, you a know. funny story about that. I don't. Pete, Pete used to box for us. He had two bouts. We stopped them both. We took him over to Shrewsbury. Pete stopped him second round. And me, best match, jumping up and going, yeah, yeah, Pete just went. <laughs> and I was thinking, Pete, you've just stopped in your first bout. He goes, yeah. And he got on the yeah. phone to Sean going, yeah, 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 stopped him. All right, I'll be back in a bit. <laughs> and, but that, that's Pete all over. You did it for you, didn't you? Yeah, it wasn't. I, I enjoy boxing and I enjoy pitting myself against someone else, like in a, in a sort of like gladiator sort of fashion. If I win, if I mean, if I lose, I'll be gutted. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I don't like to be beaten by anything. I am mega competitive, yeah. and that is one thing that is very my personality. <laughs> it's probably what's like driven me to do most things. I am really competitive. I don't like to lose, but that doesn't mean that I want to be like I want to lord my accomplishments over yeah. anyone. Yeah. I don't like to gloat, mm. and I don't like people that do that. So like I'm a bit like not that like I don't like people that do if someone does it you know it's fine as long as I don't think it's too like you know oh, me me oh, show yeah, show yeah. but if I I would feel like you know I should just get enjoyment out of just doing it rather than have to feel like oh everyone else should know it and everyone else should tell me it's like you know I know that I'm a fairly competent or decent photographer and I know I've done it a long time but it doesn't really matter to me if I get into newspapers or make millions off it. I do it because I love seeing still photographs. Yeah. And I can take this back to something that you said like years and years ago. And uh, I remember you said to me, like, um, we were talking about video and photography. And you were like, oh, I love the still image because of the fact with video, you could look at um, an event and you'd be like, oh, that, you know, you see exactly how it happened. Yeah. So there's no like real nostalgia, there's nothing about it that like, you know, your memory, so if you look at a still image, you could look at Mystery it and you party, you yeah. party and you think, oh, I remember that night, it was quality. And this happened, this happened, this happened. And you know, you're gonna build it up in your head and Makes it could sense. be wonderful. Yeah. Whereas you look at a video of it yeah, and you, yeah, you've, you've got the exact representation yeah. of that that's happened. So you just like, oh. You haven't put the funny bit on yeah, it, then you haven't yeah. exaggerated it. you haven't gone from your own perspective. There's no yeah. story there, the story's yeah. told. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, I, and I remember you said it to me ages ago, and I was like, I've used it in my dissertation and all sorts of yeah. things. And it's like, stole it. <laughs> <laughs> Plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I thought it was like, you know, it was yeah. a brilliantly accurate statement, like, as in, like, I do love that. I love that the way it's, it's um, you know, it, Get your memory going. You're like, oh, you know, yeah. this this event was, you know, amazing, and I do love to, yeah, I just love to like, you know, show my own imagery in a way. I like people to see it, but in a term of like, who is that? What's their story? You yeah. know, tell me about that person rather than you are fantastic. Yeah. I remember you telling me about a book. It's like uh, the runner-ups, because we always focus on the gold medalist, but the person who's got the silver medal who just comes short. Yeah. Yeah, um, Sandy Marr, I think her name is something. Um, yeah, she's brilliant. Um, it, it is just second. It's called second place, is it? and yeah, it's like um, like wrestlers and uh, arm wrestling champions and competitive eating and all this, and it's like loads of different sports. But you can see it in their face; they're happy because they've come second. You know, they've worked up yeah. to that point. But then at the same time, there's a little bit of like 
they're gutted. And you can read so much into that. Someone just says second place. This is all people that have um, come second and then put an image in front of you. You're going to really read into that and you're going to yeah. be like, oh, this person thinks this or they think that. If it's just an image of a person that's doing that, you're just going to be like, a bit like, well, it's nice, <laughs> it's pretty or anything like that. But without that story and narrative, it's like, it doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really do a lot. So That's why I think it's great that we still have teachers like you, because most of us here have had, you included, have had bad experience at school. But I think when you've got teachers who are passionate mm. about stuff, if you're passionate, you that rubs off on people and we were saying about like some of the teachers at school like you you go well oh god mr dylan's only teaching english or he's only teaching history when you scrape past him and you see him as a man not just mr dylan you go god you're passionate yeah and if you have time at school at college at university and you go sir can i pick your brains because i'm really interested in the tudors or i'm really interested in black country history they will tell you more than probably any book mm. in the library because yeah. they've researched 100 books and picked out the best bits. You know what, I don't think I had a, a, te a teacher that was passionate at school. I really I can't, there's not someone I can pick out and go, yeah, that's great. But I think it's last year I went to my son's um, parents' evening and I walked out of one of his teachers and my God, I nearly joined school again. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the difference in teaching was amazing. His passion just shone through and he was only talking to us about, you know, about uh, our son, not even, why didn't I have them people when I was there? Yeah. I had a teacher called Mr. McKenzie and he taught geography and I hated geography. <laughs> but I took it from Mr. McKenzie. I used to get him into the boxing shows for free and he was, he, he passed away for a few years ago and I was gutted because I, I always wanted to bump into him in a pub and go, sir, I'm all right, I'm, I've done well, can I buy you a beer, sir? Mm -hmm. And you know, it, and he passed away before I got to doing this. Mm -hmm. But I, he was the best teacher at school I ever had. And such a shame that he, he died as a very young man. But you know, back to being a teacher, what's your favourite part of being a teacher? Um, Making kids cry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have two favourite parts. <laughs> no, one, in, in all seriously, in, in all seriousness, I do like messing with them. Like, as in, like, like, not like. You need to clarify that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, no, 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 no. Like, paying them off. I should pay them off. Yeah. Take them back and don't mess with kids. <laughs> there's, a little, there's, a, there's a yeah. little blackmail clip there, I'm sure. Yeah. Kev's going to lose Yeah. I like to pay them off a little bit, like, as in, like, I like to have a laugh and a joke with them. And, like, um, like you, you think. Like kids are really like joyful at, at times, and they'll they'll come up with the most weird and wacky things that you never get at, like an adult saying, and they've got no filter. Especially year seven, they come in, they're all like you know full of hopes and everything like that. <laughs> so you you gradually break them. <laughs> get them to, no, but like you know, there's like a there's like a love for like the subject at times, and when you see someone that's really really like I don't know when you get along with someone it doesn't matter what age they are yeah. like you just get along and you have like you know you, it's hard not to to bond with certain kids and be like oh you know i really want to see you be successful yeah i really do so i guess you know i can put it all into one it's about you know one it, it's the relationships with the kids because you know they make it for me i i don't like all the system that we're in i don't like the way it's done I don't like the way, you know, you're expected to, like, not help certain kids and, like, just to concentrate. I mean, the school system's messed up. It is, it is a bit messed up because people don't... Everyone just goes on grades. 
No one cares about the kid. Yeah. And you know, if we did it properly, shouldn't we test them every year and see how they've developed rather than put it all down to one year and then you know, then that's your whole life decided on yeah. year eleven. You might not be mature enough. Yeah. I know I wasn't. I didn't give yeah. a damn. Mm. Yeah. I didn't give a damn. I went in there, maths. Did I revise? Did I revise yeah. anything? No. Yeah. Like I had better things to do. You know, I was too busy getting drunk. I was down the park. <laughs> <and that laughs> was, girls, girls, girls. Yeah. You know, I did not care about whether I was going to be the, the area of a table. Yeah. You're not conditioned. You're not conditioned for life. I and that's what they say. If you want to educate kids properly, educate them in business and accountancy from young. You're conditioned to be... And values. Just yeah. how to. Because how many people have up here and I go, uh, nice to meet you, and I go, oh, just like shaking hands, or shakes hands, and it's a uh, learn... How, I know it's a lot to do with parents. Parents should do this. But we should also learn how to integrate. Because at the moment, we've got this wonderful thing where all these nationalities and different people are together, but we're still not integrating. And it's such a shame. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a weird one at times as well, like because you, you look around and like you'll see so many different like uh, types of kids that are like kind of scared to be themselves. Yeah, well, that's what I was well. going to bring into in a bit. You know, they are. You know, they're really like insecure, and you know, they're just everyone else dictates. And I was the same in a way. Like you know, I, I wouldn't have just been open and you know the way I am now. Like, but at the same time, I. I, you know, I, I've started to notice the way there's a hierarchy, yeah, and there's dominant kids, and there's other kids that are the victim. Mm. And I, I, I hate to say that, like, you know what I mean? Because some of them are lovely, they're lovely people, and that, but they are the victim, mm. and they're probably going to go through life as the victim. And no matter where they go, other people are going to be, you know, taking advantage. Um, you know what I mean? Looking to, like, get one over on this person, or you know, rip them off or something. But, you know, you can't. You can't save them all, and I think in teaching you have to like, you know, sometimes, I get very protective over certain kids. Well, I was going to say, that's one thing you said about being a teacher, it's so good now, because you can say the things that you might not have had the courage or the status yeah. to do as yeah. a 15 year old Pete. Oh, definitely, like, you know, you notice certain things, and I would have just been, you know, a, a, an observer of like, you know, bullying and, um, you know, certain things. Now, you know, they know, they know. If I'm walking down the corridor and they're up to something, especially if it's to do with another kid, they can pretty much, they don't, can't say what they want to me, but I'll take it on the chin. Yeah. You know what I mean? They can have a go, they can, mm. you know, things like that. I'll say to them, like, you know, I don't, you know, not that I don't mind, but they won't get us in much trouble. I won't chase it up like I will if they do something being to another cruel. kid. Yeah. And if they're being cruel or anything like that, I don't care what the excuse is. I don't want to hear them trying to justify it. Mm. But I will be, you know, I get to the point of where I'll, I'll keep them behind. And I'll be <coughs> like, you know, I like you as a person, but I'm really disappointed. Yeah. You know, I'm really, really disappointed. I mean, it's, it's it's one of them where, you know, as a kid, like, you can have fun. I mean, I was bullied through through primary school. Um, secondary school, I sort of took a stance where I wasn't going to get bullied. And I didn't, I wasn't so much a bully, I wasn't a tough guy, but I, I carried myself a bit different. Yeah. Cowardly inside still, but still thinking, nah, yeah, picking on me through through the next five years. Yeah. And uh, I remember, like, when, when I started, because I mixed with, like, all, all sorts, like, the, the top dogs and... and you know, the geeky ones or whatever, I'd talk to everyone. But there was a, a particular couple, especially one, and I used to, I used to like walk in, and I'd, I'd jab him in the arm to the point he'd cry. And I thought, I'm only having a laugh. And then, I mean, I'm 31 now, and I think about it, and I think, you dickhead. Yeah. I literally do, because it, like, it, was, it, it was a joke to me. 
I don't think you know, especially at a young age, you don't really you don't really develop empathy the way you would do as an yeah. adult. You don't really put yourself in that person's situation and think, oh, you know, what does that feel like for that? Um, do maybe he doesn't like being jabbed in the arm, or maybe yeah. you know what I mean. You don't really put yourself in that person's position. You just all you see is the enjoyment. Well, I'm having a laugh. Yeah, yeah. I'm having fun. And if that's not a bad thing or anything like that. But I guess I mean I left school with still that sort of mindset. Yeah. And one of the biggest changes in my life was coming up here and seeing your old man. Mm. And I never met someone that was tough that showed emotion. Mm. Like weakness. Yeah. I wouldn't say weakness, but like... Vulnerability. Not, not even a vulnerability. I never felt like he was vulnerable, but like, like so he loving really yeah. and so caring. And then so like, just, I, I am me. Because you're either one or the other, aren't you? Are you either tough or emotional? I, I always knew yeah. tough guys, straight guys, you know, this yeah. is me, I'm a man, um, I don't have to show emotion, I'm like, you know, I'm this rock yeah. that's like, you know what I mean? And I don't know if it's like, you know, like influence from my old man and stuff like that, because my old man's very, like, deadpan and, like, lovely bloke, absolutely lovely bloke, but a man should be a man, he sees yeah. it as that. And, you know, I kind of half agree with him in a way. I think the man's more the protector and things like that. And I think that's just genetics. I don't, you know, I don't think that, you know, slagging, not slagging women off in any way, but men have a certain role and women have a certain role. I'm not saying that that, that jobs or anything oh, like yeah, that. Oh, it's on the job and Messing with kids and everything. <laughs> women are just housewives. Do you, you know what yeah. And yes, yeah. they're blacks. <laughs> 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 Do you know what? I, I understand what you're saying. You, you, more of the traditional mindset. Because yeah, I'm like that. Partner stays at home, raises the, the the children, and does the housework, and we go out and earn. Of course, I'm I'm kind of like that. The man's a man, the woman's a woman. Uh, 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 we spoke. Different strokes are different folks. Yeah, I don't think it? I don't think you know like oh the men's the breadwinner or anything like. That. I just think like oh. The man should be has has a role that women can't fulfil. I think women are more caring and more empathetic and more loving than men. And I think that's just genealogy rather mm. than it being like, oh yes, um, you know, all women have to be like this, they've been raised, it's conditioning. I don't think it is conditioning. I think naturally, you know, the genes are different and we you know, men are more dominant. We, we we see it as like, you know, we're puffing our chests up, that's why men are more into sports. It's like I wanna be show my dominance against you where I don't think women have that as much. Mm. Well, on this is going to be a bit of a segue. It's only about positive and negative stereotypes. Because like, as, as kids, like, um, it's about conforming, or stereotypes, and we've said this, me and you, say one of the best mates in the world. And like, some of the kids will go like, well, sir, you're, you're not very black. And they go, why? When, well, you're not speaking yard, you're not, and they go, does that make more black? Like, your mom is first generation yeah, uh, Jamaican. So, and when they say, like, well, one second, you go, well, actually, what's that mean? Yeah. And do you actually know about black history? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, well, that's the thing. It's like, because I was, like, the, one of the only, like, mixed race or black kids at a school that was predominantly white, like, I had a completely different, I wanted to know about black history. Mm. And I wanted to, like, educate myself on it to the point of, like, you know, I knew something about it. I was always made to kind of feel black as well. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, this is why I, I like some of my hang-ups have come from, in all honesty, like, I have to be different. Yeah. Have you ever noticed this? I'm always the contrarian. I'm always the one that's saying... I was probably wanting to make a train as a suit. Someone they were like, oh, um, you look like uh, you've got the blue wraps on the hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's different, that is, mate. That's different. 
No, but I, I do, I do. I, I like to be different. I don't like to be the same. I feel like, you know, through, from a young age, I've always been the person that, you know, well, not, uh, I, I was different to everyone else. Yeah. So that's kind of made me feel. He was pointed out more, wasn't it? Yeah. Six yeah. foot six, only black kid in that year yeah. or two. Exactly. You know, school. One, and but and my, everyone was my missus, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> You've got friends with both of them. How dare they call me a racist? <laughs> it's just you work bastards and don't like it. Just a fan of But like, no, it's. Um, so yeah, I, I had that conditioning. But now kids will play to you and try and, like, you know, I, I always challenge them on this because kids that don't really know and they're kind of insecure about it themselves because they're in a predominantly white environment the same way mm. I was but like there's a lot more black kids and there's a lot more Asian kids and stuff like that when, when I was at school but um, they will challenge me on terms of like you know oh because you're educated but you're not very black and you know they'll be like oh you know so you can't say that and because like, I remember I referred to myself as Jamaican once and they were like, oh, you're not, uh, and I was like, well, you know, I've been raised by a Jamaican woman. I've always been taken to like black places and half my family's black. And, you know, I always felt that I felt fitting with that. But I was born and raised in Dudley. Yeah. So I'm not going to pretend and go up and go, yo, wagwan, you know what I mean? Because um, that's not me. And mm. I'm terrible at Jamaican accents. <laughs> 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 it's only Welsh. <laughs> like, yeah, so I was just, you know, I, I want to do fully just be, be me yeah. which I, I, I want to try and instill in the kids and say to them that you don't need to be um, this negative stereotype of um, black people who are criminals or, or you know hate refer to women as bitches or you know things like that I was like you know you can be black and yourself yeah no you don't have to adhere to stereotypes at all and now the kids don't really realize it and they come to me and they'll be like oh yeah but yeah, you don't know because you know it's like well, you're a teacher. Yeah, yeah, and I've, that's the way they see you. They just see you as this guy that's just trying to pass on like information, information to them in a in a forced manner, rather than it being like, oh, I'm a person. Why don't you take advantage of the fact yeah. that I have twenty years on you? Yeah. It's quite and different as well that you you went out there to be different because most kids try and fit in with with what's what's around. And that that's why I do because I I only listen to rock and roll, so I can't listen to any dance. I can't listen to any, and we were saying this about that, that program, Dr. Dre, what was it? What was Defiant it Ones. Defiant Ones, and yeah. there's Dr. Dre from NWA, uh, great hip-hop, and he's listening to Nirvana. Nirvana. You told that. His uh, favourite rock band, he you, said, actually. If you said that to a 14, 15-year-old kid, I'd have gone, no way. Yeah. But then when you start talking, like, we all love hip-hop here, it's like, well, uh, Rakeem, one of the great 70s of all time, he was brought up in a jazz, env uh, jazz environment, and he changed the face of hip-hop, because he was brought up in a jazz environment. Tupac was private school. Private school. Dancer. Dancer. Yeah. He's in. Um, exactly. Backup par dancer. Parents don't understand. Will Smith is one of the backup dancers. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> he's, he started his career with Digital Underground, didn't he? Underground. As their yeah, the, dancer. The hype guy. He was a very soft-spoken individual. That yeah. Very polite, very well-educated guy on, on, on political stances and of the poetic nature as well, you know, like Shakespeare and stuff like that. And it was only, what was it after he went Ray, to jail? Raisins in the Sun, I think it was his, his um, play he did, and that's what gives an actor before he was a, before he was a rapper. But that, that's, whatever you're into now, be you a kid or whatever, it's okay. Yes, I love hip-hop, but I also love Tracy Chapman. I also love um, Black Sabbath, I love 
I love Finger music. Boys. Yeah, Venga Boys, you know, it's one of my all-time favorites. Getting on stage. <laughs> Do you know, like my listing, I, I use Amazon Music, and depending on what mood I'm in, I'll either put I'll put Sam Cooke on, or yeah. I'll put Oasis on, or I'll put Nirvana on, or I'll put yeah. Otis Redding on, or Percy Sledge. I, I'm not, I don't like just listen to hip hop. Yeah. You know, I will listen from 50 soul right through to modern day rock. Yeah. You know, it depends what mood I'm in. But at school. You wouldn't have done that, would you? Because oh no, it's Budja Banton. This is your identity, and if I separate this identity, my tribe will turn on me. Whereas I was probably the opposite. Like when my tribe, both tribes turned on me, but I was like, willing to like. He's like the tribe's going too close to me. Turn it <laughs> off. Turn it off. That done the trick. <laughs> no, but I, I literally, like I, I said to you, I was like copying because um, I was obsessed. Always have been obsessed with music, and I'd just always be on to my mom over Christmas and everything. Like I want CDs, I want tapes, I want yeah. you know want a little CD player and stuff like that. So, you know, I had more, like, I'd say as many CDs or different CDs to most people. So I used to, like, you know, be burning copies of Notorious B.I.G. as well as Nirvana. And people would say to me, just because of Nirvana, no one ever said anything about Biggie. No one ever said anything. Nah. But Nirvana, I was labelled a Grebo straight away, and everyone was like, right, you're a rocker, you're a Grebo, you, because you listen to Nirvana. And I was like, yes, but I copied you Biggie. You yeah. know what I mean? And the only reason you know Biggie or any of them is yeah. because I copied it, yeah? yeah? But no one cared about that. They just wanted to label you and it's yeah. like a way to put you down, a way to like, you know, make you feel bad. And then again, I was like, I don't care. See, I, I was different to that. I mean, I've mentioned before, okay, I was taking guitar. I was into music from, I mean, from the age of six, my uncle's a rock and roll singer. And from the age of six or seven, I was on stage with him singing Buddy Ali and Elvis Presley and rock and roll songs, full songs singing them. and then. I think I was 13 or 14, and my uncle was running a pub, and my, uncle, uh, my other uncle was singing up there. And I came back down, and my mates had called for me, and they said, uh, and they said, your dad said you were singing Elvis, oh, oh, oh. and I, I went mad at my dad. I said, what are you telling me I'm singing Elvis for? And they said, and I quit my guitar lessons. And, and now, being 31, I think, you bastard. Mm. I, I want to play guitar, piano, I want to compose. And like it does show that, like, you. I mean, now I don't really care. I am my own spirit. My mom's called me weird tonight. So that tells you how different I am from folk now. But back then, it, it meant a lot for me. For, I mean, I come out in denim the ones. Not all denim. I think it was just jeans. And we was McKenzie or um, what was the the other sort of tracksuits you used to wear? Carberini. Carberini. And uh, I come out in jeans and one, one mate says, who's met you wear that? No one I wanted to, but deep down I think, fuck, I'm going to look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, so the mirror, I'm like, <laughs> how, long you been, how long we've done this podcast for, and how you've already come out of your, your comfort zone oh, yeah. by releasing your videos, and that video that um, I was on about earlier, how many listens did it have to? It's nearly 5,000. In, in, I released it the 29th of December, as just like a one-off freestyle. It's not even my style, it's more like a grimy style, I don't do grime. Style, and, uh, I know, nearly 5,000 in two weeks. This time last year, before you started doing your one-to-ones up here, and before we did this, you would you, you said I never liked being filmed on it, because... I don't. But, but look how far you've come through this podcast, and yeah. through. And it, it's wonderful, and this is what we've got to be doing, helping each other, your friends, your brothers, your work colleagues, your gym mates, is, instead of going, uh, yeah, prick. Go, go on, son, have a go. You know, and I like it or I share it. Let's help each other. Instead of holding each other back, let's hold each other up in life. I think that's important. I mean, you say you're into music. Do you perform? Do you write? Do you. Do you... Um, 
Not really. I, I mean, I, I make my own beats and stuff. I've always like um, been done like music production. Um, I had Cubase when I was at uni and oh, stuff. And before yeah. I, did, I did NCF, the NCFE, and then after that, got Cubase and always got into music production. I mean, I love it, but like because photography is always so long and time consuming, like I always, yeah. always took a bit of a backseat. So, you know, I, I still, you know, I'll, I'll gladly, like I play my harmonica all the time in front of the kids. I hate it. Like, there's a point of like, you know, like, I'll, put, I'll, put I'll, blues on. <laughs> I'll, I'll put some blues on and I'll just hammer it out and just jam. And they're like, you know, they... As long as you're having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, some of them will get a guitar. Since school, I'd run it off. Down there on his school, they were praying for a substitute. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly play in front of everyone. I'm not really shy in that, in that respect. But like, I would only want to do it once I'm good enough. Like, so I feel like now, I think because I've listened to music that long and I've got like such a high standard of what mm. like I like listening to, I, want, I really want, it's like, I, I make all my music on like a, uh, an old school s- sampler. Yeah. So like you're actually just sampling into it and then just playing everything out, it's all hardware. So um, yeah, it's it, like to me, like I, I'd much rather learn to play the piano and like learn to play something, learn, learn melodies, learn the, the intricacies of music before I really put something down. Yeah. And I want to, you know, I want to be able to just put that on and then just be able to solo over the top mm. of it and understand music. The theory. Like, I don't like to put something out there if it's going to be crap. I mean, as uh, I don't, I don't really care about whether people. It's think, your own standards. Yeah, it's my yeah, own yeah. standards are quite high. I like things that are good, and if I don't think it's good, then I don't really see the point in me putting it out there in order to. You want killers, not fillers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There is and, another one though. You are you ever going to pass your um, your standards? Because exactly. I have that, and my friend has that, and you, you what, what have you got to gauge it from other than your own critique? It's hard to critique a blank canvas, eh? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And my friend said to me the other day, he was like, you know, just get music finished and then get it, get it out yeah. there. And I, I do that a lot with photography now. I don't spend like, you know, two days editing like the way I used to. Fair enough. You know, yeah. Don't be quiet. I'll sleep there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I like to like, actually, you know what I mean? It's, um, I, know, I know when it's of a good standard and I, I, I compare it to other people's work and stuff. And I think, yeah, actually. You know, this is of a good standard. I can put it out there. I can be proud of it, and you know, like uh, actually, just get the music out. There. Well, not music. I mean, to get the photos out there. So mm. I'm getting accustomed with that. But yeah, I think because that was the, that was the part that was missing with my music is just being able to play yeah. an instrument properly. I used to play guitar quite a lot, but I haven't got a guitar anymore, so I can't use that. <laughs> and if I learn to play piano, then I can sample any instrument into yeah. it and then just play it out. So yeah, I mean, I think I'm. I'm I've, made a, a conscious decision that over um, like the last few months to like really go for it with my photography learn learn piano you know yeah. i play my piano every night i play it like half an hour to an hour at least but like i you know i really want to have a go at it so you know i love photography and yeah. i really i've got so many different things <clears> i can take pictures of and that, that are good and that are interesting i mean i've got like 12 years of photos from up the, up the boxing gym oh, yeah. up here and because you know and if you do need that long old slip <laughs> <laughs> but like you know I've got the 12 years of photos and it's like you know why not put that together in a project and thing I've got like the, yeah. the you know how the clubs change I've got like the way the coaches have changed and you know I've got everything covered and like you know the likes of like guys and stuff that are going to come back and yeah. I can get photos of them you know a young man boxing or an old, you know, older guy boxing 
then you know it's good, it'd be really interesting so why not pursue those sort of things and Action. then yeah do all the things that I love and you know I'm, I am going to at some point yeah. I am going to and I do I still you know at least on a Saturday I always get my MPC in a rope and running and I, I have a play around it and I sample in a song and then mess about with it just to do stuff but every day I'm piano now. Yeah. and then as soon as I'm at the stage of where I'm good enough then every day I'm going to try and uh, do to be on my MPC see that's sensible because it's easy to fall into the trap I mean I feel I have to do when I'm watching because I research a lot of marketing to do my music and that and you fall into your tra- content you've got to put content out got to put it out, put it out even just little snippets and even like that me playing that little keyboard I'm far from a pianist but it just shows you messing around, but people like it for a split second. Because they feel like they're on the journey with you then, don't they? Exactly, Brie. It's like, I'm of the nature like you where I want it to be perfect. But then the marketing people are telling me that you've got to put content out, content, loads of it, no matter what it is. It's got, so you got to be, it depends what your goal is, I suppose. But, oh, but I mean, that, that is goal, that's got to work, mm-hmm. hasn't it, really? Because, I mean, I see a lot of, I follow a lot of musicians mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and they put, like, a little, like, sample of them with a beat on the background and then playing, like, piano or something, or them MC, and then it's just, like, a little snippet, and they're like, this is out next month, I'm like, oh, next month, I'm getting yeah, that, you yeah. know what I mean? I do, you know, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. I like to see <clears> the progression, and I like to see people that I'm interested in, not just as musicians, as people as well, as a lot yeah. of the time. So, like, you know, they... I do want to see things like that. I want to see yeah. the intricacies of their life. You know, I think that's one of the mistakes I make in my photography at the moment is that I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll get it all done and I'll put it all out yeah. at once. I don't, yes. little segments Drip each feed, time, yeah. yeah. And that's what I'm going to, you know, that's what I've learned and especially I've bit the bullet, I've gone onto Instagram and stuff like oh. that. Like, I, you know, I, I'm not, I never yeah. liked it because I thought it was all filters and things like that. But then every person that I've worked with in photography recently is going to watch your Instagram yeah I'm like, oh. the new thing isn't it and that's the thing you've got you've got to I mean we hate it there's like say there's three of us within our label and not not one of us and we, we hate social media we're not yeah look at me we, we, we hate that kind of controlled vanity journey we do but you've got to revolve I mean I, even Eminem going back to rap I see, noticed him last year he started putting more selfies out in yeah. there and that was half face selfies which told me that he was very uncomfortable with doing the selfie but you've got them because it's relevance is there anywhere that people can find you because we have to finish in a bit is there anywhere that people can look at your work um well yeah i've got um my instagram which is pedro underscore griff and um i've also got my website which is petergriffisphotography.com but that's currently under development because uh i want to get everything in a good place before i actually put it on there so that's not working yet but um my instagram yeah um yeah, Pedro yeah. underscore Griff. So well, we'll get all that, and they'll be in the Hot in the show notes, notes yeah. or whatever it's called. Uh, just to finish mm-hmm. on, have you got any sayings or quotes or anything that's any things that's driven you through life or anything? If you're going to talk to a young Pete or one of your pupils, something that's got you through the shit. Um, that, I mean, I'd, I'd say to, I'd say to a young Pete, you know, don't just just go for it. Just don't let anyone that tell you you can't be anything I would just say you know you can 100% do whatever you want in life and I mean I, I, I'm massively inspired by like a lot of like people like philosophers and stuff like that I love hearing people's words and things like that so a lot of the time you know I I go, I go back to none of it actually matters like I, I know that sounds mm. like you know like a bit of a contradiction but none of it does matter so why not give it you all 
you know, if it doesn't matter, if it doesn't matter and it's all going to turn to dust anyway, then why not just, you know, enjoy it and then live it? You know, I have no regrets. I have made so many bad mistakes, so many bad mistakes, so many things I'm embarrassed of, about. But at the same time, I, you know, I, I have no regrets at all. I'm completely, I'm completely content in how my life has gone up until now. And then, you know, if something bad, you know, for God forbid, did happen, then I'd be okay with that because of the fact that, you know, I've lived life and I've been to lots of places. I've been, I'm very, um, you know, I'd, I'd probably actually say to younger me, you know, be, feel grateful because, you know, you've got a very loving family. You've got people that have always supported you. You know, I, no matter what I wanted to be, my parents would have supported me and given me money and tried to push me into the right direction. You know, I could have said oh, <laughs> I wanted to be like yeah. a cabaret dancer. They would be like, yeah, go for it, <laughs> you know. But so, yeah, I would I'd just say, just don't let anyone put you down. Let, you know, just go for it. Do you go, you know, I guess I probably would be in exactly the same place because that's what I've done anyway. But like, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's what it's a bad say. place to be in. Yeah, it? yeah, I would just say, you know, you've got a lot to be thankful for and maybe just, yeah, that's it, I'd actually say, yeah. Focus on that, focus on what you're thankful for. Don't focus on the bad news. I mean, I know we all do it, but don't focus on the bad things. Actually focus on things that you're grateful for and pe things that you know that you know that it's that it's good that's happened to you within your life so you know? what we're going to do is we're going to end it and just wrapping up what Peter said deal with the bad times enjoy the good times and deal with the bad times so until next week gang try a bit listen listen and that's a wrap for another show but if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast please be in touch there are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta a bit. Listen, listen, listen.